You're listening to the Tour Station Western League podcast with Ian Knockholz and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 15 of the Tool Station Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott, the editor of the Tool Station Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, always better for speaking to you. Yeah, I'm all right. And yourself? I've had a really busy week. Last weekend when we spoke, I told you um, about my visit to Sherbourne Town. That's right, yeah. Where we were doing a bucket collection for Mind. And um, on Tuesday, well, I visited Shepton Mallet. Uh, They played Wellington and it was an absolute belter (laughs) of a game. Very, 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 very similar to the game I saw at Sherbourne in that there was a goal in the first minute. And I think I'm right in saying in the very last minute, the very last gig of the game, that actually sealed the result. So um, two games where it's really been end-to-end nail-biting stuff. On Saturday, I went, uh, I reacquainted myself with Wellington. I'd never been to the playing field, which is where Wellington play. Never been there before. Um, But I had a really, really lovely day on Saturday, even though the weather was a little bit drab. Uh, and they, uh, they of course, had a thumping win against um, against Canesham Town. But the most important thing I have to report, Tom, really, is that um, we had three brilliant bucket collections mined in Somerset. We, um, you know, obviously we delivered the changing room posters, um, which, um, you know, supporters who watch on social media will probably have seen the, the pictures that the clubs put up. Um, with them, so you know, we did a huge amount, not only to raise some really important money for that excellent charity but also you know did an awful lot of awareness raising uh, around the issue of um of you know of mental well-being and um you know w- which is what this initiative is designed to support so um it's quite an exhausting week i have to say i think this weekend i should be um having a weekend off <laughs> um but i i tell you what i saw some fantastic western league football five clubs great advertisements for western league football all of whom embraced um the um you know the campaign that we're doing and um you know it was you know it's been a, it's been a great week of western league football we've got a great week of western league football to talk about on the podcast this week we hear from the bridgewater town manager i couldn't deny him any more uh, Dave Pierce will be joining us for the first time this season. He will, of course, I'm sure, be on uh, later in the season. But it's always great to hear from Dave. And also we hear from Ray Johnson. Uh, he returns to the Tool Station Western League podcast, of course, the manager of um, of Radstock Town. But we're going to kick things off, Tom, on Saturday the 5th of November. Remember, remember, the 5th of November, gunpowder, treason and plot... Well, I think that, you know, we can't quite call it fireworks at Ashton and Batwell, but I'm sure that home fans <laughs> went home happy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good win for, for Ashton this one, I think. Uh, and it was a couple of goals from Jack Fillingham. He's, um, yeah, he was among the leading scorers a couple of years ago. I think he was at Roman Glass. I could be wrong with that one. Uh, I'd have to check that. But uh, he's definitely had a, uh, a fair fair number of goals in at this level. And, uh, yeah, he scored a double for, for Ashton on the weekend. So it's good to see his name back among the uh, the goals, as I say. And uh, a 3-1 win for Ashton back at home to Millbrook. And um, Bridgewater United, our league leaders, of course, they were in very good form. They travelled to Ilfracombe, and I'm sure that the away fans went home happy here, Tom. Yeah, this was uh, one of the early kickoffs, and uh, Bridgewater, yeah, um, yeah, eventually pulling out a three 0 win. So uh, another another good result for for the table toppers. Uh, Jake Brown, obviously enjoying a, 
a stellar season uh, in, in front of goal, uh, and he was the man to put them ahead just prior to half-time. Uh, Ross Edwards then headed home a second before it was Tom Llewellyn who completed the scoring and, and yeah, put the, put the game beyond doubt. So another, another win for Bridgie. Now, of course, one of the things that I've always enjoyed talking to the Bridgewater manager about, Dave Pierce, is their rivalry with Somerset side Wellington. And, um, of course, that win at Elfricum, a great win, it has to be said, came off the back of a draw uh, against their Somerset rivals. So I started my interview with Dave by asking him whether um, that result was the perfect reaction to that draw at Wellington. Yeah, um, it was a it was a really, really good performance from us. Um, you know, Wellington, it's, it's always people saying bouncing back from the Wellington draw, but Wellington are probably in a false position. They're a lot better than their league position and it is, it is a derby for us. And yeah, every, over the years, Wellington have been a bit of a bogey side. Um, but no, Saturday we were we were um, probably one of the best performances of the season. You know, Ilford came a good side, and playing there is not the easiest of places to go. But we were um, probably at one of our best performances of the season, if I'm honest. Um, we were very solid. Um, the pitch was like it was in January. It started getting very muddy and very. Um, very winter-like, but um, we got the job done and, you know, to get three points, so I feel was a massive, massive result. It's been a Jekyll and Hyde October for you, isn't it, really? Because, you know, you've had some good results. That standout result against Shepton Mallet, of course. And then we talk about the draw at Wellington and, of course, the loss at Millbrook. So it's been um, probably your hardest month of the season so far. Yeah, we've had a lot. Of, um, we got a lot of you know four away games on the trot, and I think we got another three now, another three out of the next four. So um, it has been a tough month. Um, you know, Millbrook away again is a, a very very tough place to go, um, but I think it's probably done us the world of good losing our first game. Um, you know, we bounced straight back and beat Shepton, which was um, you know again you know beating a team in the top. I think they were third at the time. Beating them was a massive, massive result. And then, obviously, I said Wellington, you know, it's not the, the be-all or the end-all, taking a point from there. Um, that's another tough place to go. So, it's been a tough month. But, you know, we're halfway through our league games now. And you look where we are. And I think, you know, if someone said that at the start of the season, you're going to be win 14, draw three, lose one. Um, you, you sort of laugh in their face and, and that. But, you know, us, you know, it's a great position to be in. It is. You, you and me have been doing this for a while now, and yeah. <laughs> um, I'm. So, I, I really hope this isn't a kiss of death for you, Dave. Um, but I'm, it's a question I'm going to ask anyway. It's about consistency because I think in previous seasons, on your day, you've been able to beat anybody in the Western League. I mean, last season, of course, um, you won the League Cup. But this season, you do feel more consistent than most. I mean, I I, I know that you've had the odd wobble. We talked about that. But to be fair, you must be doing something, right? Well, yeah. I mean, what people won't look at, um, the start of last season, we were so inconsistent, um, brought in quite a lot of new players. This And towards the end of last season, I think out of the last 15, I think we won 12 and we were playing, we weren't playing great, but we were grinding out results. And this season, we just carried that on through. We had a really, really good pre-season. Um, against some really tough opposition um, and then player recruitment you know me and you have spoke before about where our goals are coming from and it's always Jack Taylor 
Um, you know, last year he scored 37. The next top goal scorer was seven. This year we've added um, Jake Brown, Troy Simpson, Connor Harley, Ollie Hebbard, and that's all. We, and you know, we brought in Josh Phillips, who uh, can play sort of a bit of a utility player. Really, we just found out this weekend. But you know, we've we've just brought those attacking players into what we had already, and we sort of set out right. We're going to play like this. This is what we're going to do. And the players bought into it straight away. And, yeah, that probably brought a consistency. I think getting knocked out of the FA Cup was a blessing in disguise. But the first game of the season, beat Helston away, set us up brilliantly, and then beat Barnes on the Tuesday. And we've just, we haven't looked back, really. We know that your club is ambitious. Um, just how ambitious are you? Is promotion, is winning the title the only goal for you this season? No, no. I think... It, well, obviously, promotion is number one. There's no doubt about that. I think last year, I, I said before, you know, the lads looked at, when we won the Les Phillips Cup, the lads looked back at the season and I think they realised that they could have done a lot more. We could have got a lot closer to Exmouth. I think we're only 12 points off Exmouth in the end. So it was just about, as you said, being consistent. Um, but yeah, promotion is number one. And because, you know, we're, we're you know, halfway through our league games and as soon as we start in November, you know, we want to go on a run in the Cups, the Vars especially. We'd love to retain the Les Phillips. And the Somerset Premier Cup, you know, we've got our first game tomorrow. You win that and you're in the last eight. So, you know, we want to have a run in everything. Um, but promotion is is key now. I think we've built a team over the last sort of, you know, we had two years of COVID and probably since then we started building a good side together. Um, and the first half of the season now, you know, we've got to be looking to push on for that. In order to deliver that, you've got to beat some good sides. And, um, you know, you have done. You've beaten Helston, Buckland, yeah. Barnstable, Shepton. And I watched your game against Saltash. So if we look at the best of the rest, you know, how uh, how do you judge the competition this season? Oh, it's, you know, it is very, very, very strong. Um, you know, every game has been... Every game's been tough, you know. Even the games that, you know, as I said, Millbrook away, Wellington away, Wellington at home, Millbrook at home. It's not the top sides you've got to worry about all the time. It's all the other teams who are mid table and they're trying to push up the table to sort of the top, top eight or top six, whatever. Um, but you know, you look at Salt Ash; they're going to be there. You know, they're level with us at the moment. There's no doubt Miles will be up there. Um, you know, they're very capable of going on a massive run and and sort of catching us up so and then you can't write off Shepton or I'd probably say Barnsville you know Barnsville got six games in hand on us um, and that's a big task to win them all um, but you just never know in this league you, you can go on a run like we've done all of a sudden and catch teams up so uh, it is massive competition but at the moment we're just one game at a time and focus on ourselves well one game at a time but they're coming thick and fast aren't they you've got the county cup tomorrow against Cheddar then you've got the FA Vars against Elberton Villa and I guess the FA Vars for a club like Bridgewater is a big deal because you know that's a competition you could do really well in yeah uh, you know look at our past history um, since coming in as manager um, I think we've got to the last 32 I think twice you know we want to get past that now you know we want to get into the latter stages and um, you know we want to take our league form into that competition Um and it's great to play teams again. Um, you know, over the years we've been to 
the Isle of Wight, we've been to Farnham, we've been to Bashley, we've been, you know, all over the St. Orsall, we've been all over the place. So it is a good chance to, for the players to play against <coughs> teams from other leagues. Um, and yeah, we want to we want to get into that last 16 if we can, um, go one further than we've, we've ever been. Um, but yeah, we just, as I said, it is one game at a time, but, you know, they are coming thick and fast, so we um, just need to keep that momentum. Yeah, it's going to be a difficult time as well after that, isn't it? Because um, you've got Wellington in the Les Phillips Cup. You've got to go away to Barnstable in the league and then you've got to entertain Shepton Mallet. So, I mean, the games are coming thick and fast. Are you worried, you know, that, that the regularity of these games, uh, is that going to impact on you? The fact that you're fighting on so many fronts um, and I know you're ambitious. So, you know, does that detract? Will a cup run in one competition detract from what you're trying to do in another? No. No, I think, you know, um, I think it's a good distraction to have different competitions. Um, I think it's probably time, you know, we've, we've only played one cup game this year in the, in the FA Cup. Um, I think it'd be a good, you know, whilst we're playing a few cup games, teams are catching us up in the league and it's up to them to win. Uh, we, we're very ambitious as a squad. Um, we've got we've got a big squad of players to to utilise where last year we didn't and yeah you know it's it, we want to win everything we want to be, try and win everything you're in um, you know it's not just about promotion which is as I said is number one but you know winning the Les Phillips last year I think give myself um, and the players that that sort of hunger to go and do it again you know it's a great day winning something is always you know, the best thing ever um, but we want that again and not just one thing we want maybe two try and get three um, and just go for everything we're in Dave you've always been fantastic with me on the podcast and I always enjoy visiting Fairfax Park because you know you're great hosts you entertained us earlier this season your game against Saltash where we did a bucket collection yeah. and a promotional event for uh, Mind in Somerset which I was incredibly grateful for uh, and you're a lovely bloke. I know this is one of the things that we... Well, that's my, my pleasure. This is one of the things that we find very difficult to talk about in football, that you, know, you can actually be a nice bloke. Historically, of course, one of the, uh, one of the questions that was always asked was, uh, it, was the, it was the Portsmouth defender, Linvoy Primus, was supposed to be the nicest man in football. Now, I'm, I'm going to challenge you on that one because I think that Bob Buckingham is the nicest man in football. Would you agree with me? Oh, 100%. Bob's a fantastic man. You know, away from football, he's a very, very popular person. Um, heart of gold. Would help you uh, in any... for anything, really. Um, and, yeah, football, he's always been supportive, always, you know, you can always talk to him. And here to London, he's just a fantastic man. You're right, he's probably the nicest man in football. And my thanks to Dave for his time. Now, Saltash United, high-flying Saltash United, took on Welton Rovers, and I think we can safely say that uh, Welton Rovers had, had saved up their Halloween for this away trip to Cornwall. Yeah, it was pretty garish, wasn't it? Uh, a 9-0 victory uh, for the Ashes here. This was, um, yeah, pretty pretty startling, wasn't it? Um, yeah, goal difference, definitely going <laughs> to... Might be a decider in top spot as well. So I think Saltash uh, doing themselves no favours, really, continuing to, to push for goals down there in, in Cornwall. And, uh, yeah, it took them 29 minutes to, to break the deadlock, in fact. Uh, Sam Leary finding the back of the net 
but it felt like from that moment on, the, the, yeah, the floodgates were, were pretty much open. Adam Carter, uh, he was the main beneficiary. Uh, he scored four on the afternoon. So, uh, yeah, two and either half for him. Uh, fantastic, fantastic individual performance. Uh, Lewis Weber also uh, grabbing a brace of his own uh, in the closing stages with Harrison Davis and Mike Smith also uh, finding the back of the net. So uh, a 9-0 triumph for Saltash over uh, a sorry uh, Welton Rovers. A one-sided affair, I think mm. it would be safe to mm. say. And I think our next game has to go down in that category as well, Tom. Torpoint Athletic, who toiled at the beginning of this season. Premier Division new boys, Sherbourne Town, who, of course, showed us such great hospitality last weekend. They came up short, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, you say that. They were, well, Sherbourne were two goals up. I think they would have, um, yeah, at that point, probably have felt pretty confident against a, a Torpoint team who have been have been toiling away a little bit, but it was, as I said, Alex Murphy uh, putting uh, Sherbourne ahead after about 20 minutes or so. Uh, it was then a long-range effort from Ashley Guppy doubling the Zebra's advantage. So at that point, uh, it did look like the away side would probably come away with the three points. But to be fair to Tall Point, yeah, hit back, uh, scoring right at the end of the first half, um, a couple of goals to, to draw themselves level. And it was Curtis Damarau. He was the, uh, the main man for them on Saturday afternoon. He scored a hat-trick. And, uh, yeah, he's very much... Uh, out in front of uh, Torpoint's goal-scoring charts this year. And, uh, yeah, that's obviously uh, been uh, added to on the weekend. So, yeah, his hat-trick really helping propel Torpoint to a a really good 5-2 win uh, over Sherbourne. If you're thinking, Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, DeWalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest and Santex. Yeah, they do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Now, moving on down to the first division, we kick things off with AK Bocco. They've been doing rather well this season. Hengrove have been a bit in and out, but they were certainly in on Saturday, Tom. Yeah, they were. This was, um, yeah... Pretty, probably a little bit under the radar, but um, yeah, real good result for, for Hengrove, I thought. Um, coming from behind to beat uh, a Bocco, Bocco team that had not only beaten them earlier in the season, but obviously a, a little bit higher up the division at the moment. But um, yeah, it was Alfie Hemmings and Pete Shepherd uh, scoring towards the end of the first half to help uh, put Hengrove uh, in front after they'd fallen behind, as I say. And then it was super sub Luke Crew. Uh, he headed home uh, with his first touch. So it was a really impressive come from behind victory for Hengrove uh, away at Bocco. Now, of course, uh, only a few moments ago, we reflected on a 9 nil mm-hmm. scoreline in the Premier Division, and that's exactly what we're going to do in the First Division. Gillingham Town said, hold my beer. Gillingham Town, yeah. Gillingham Town have been, on, have been in, enjoying something of a renaissance, Tom, and it was Titherington who they put on the rocks mm-hmm. on Saturday. Absolutely did. They are... Uh, yeah, they're on a tear at the moment, aren't they, Gillingham? I don't know what's going to slow them down. They've won five on the bounce uh, after a 12-match winless run to start the year. This is, um, yeah, it's pretty pretty crazy, really. Um, but, they've, yeah, it's a, it's a dreamlike uh, run for them, isn't it? Uh, Max Westlake and Jordan Clapp both bagging hat-tricks uh, in, a, in a 9-0 win over the Rocks on Saturday. Uh, James Boyland also scoring a brace and Tom Jarvis joining them on score sheets. So, um, yeah, Gillingham... We will touch on the tables later, but yeah, they're up to 16th. So uh, yeah, quite a quite a remarkable turnaround down there for them. And uh, yeah, Tiverington, the latest team that had to to come up against them, unfortunately. 
from uh, 9-0 to the relatively sober scoreline of 6-0. Odd down of Bath were at home to Longwell Green Sports and, um, well, to the home team, the Spoils. Yeah, three goals in each half, 6-0 win for, for Odd down. Real, yeah, real good going from them. And it was Luke Bryan, uh, obviously last last year's top scorer, hoping to, to repeat the trick. I think he's a little bit behind uh, Sasha Tong as, as we speak. So a hat-trick for him will have helped help cut the gap a little bit. Um, but yeah, he very much spearheaded their win uh, and it was a second consecutive 6-0 win. So uh, yeah, they're finding their straps, I think you could say. Rafi War also scoring in either half and uh, yeah, to continue his own personal good run of form. So uh, Odd Down, definitely a team team to watch over the, over the next, uh, next few weeks, I think. And of course, importantly, they're avoiding the curse of the podcast mm-hmm. by managing to come up with a resounding home victory. The week after they uh, that Jason Mags had appeared. Now our next game uh, we don't normally cover um, draws, but um, we haven't had the opportunity to cover Radstock Town this season. They played Almondsbury. This was my game to watch last week. I thought that this would be Radstock's best opportunity to get off the mark this season. They yet to win, uh, but unfortunately they didn't manage it against Almondsbury, and uh, it was uh, another honours even, Tom. Yeah, it was, but, well, I suppose relatively uh, um, good news for Radstock is they weren't the ones to throw away the points this time. They did come from behind to to, to salvage one in, in this in this instance. It was Almondsbury who led the, the game going into the final 10 minutes, but then Harrison Newman, a uh, youngster, uh, managed to, to get them get Radstock back on level terms and, uh, yeah, help register a point. So I think, um, yeah, it's, it's, they've now gone, I think, three matches, or three of their like, previous four games, I think it is now, without a defeat. So, yeah. Signs of improvement, I hope. Signs of improvement, indeed. And, of course, that was all the excuse I needed to get our old friend from the Toolstation Westernly podcast, Ray Johnson, my co-commentator, of course, last season at so many Les Phillips Cup finals, um, back on the uh, back on the podcast. And I had to start my conversation with asking Ray, what's been going on at Radstock? No, to be honest, we started off, we started off uh, against the... Against against it, if I'm being honest, we're a bit behind the black, uh, behind the eight ball to start with. We knew the situation that we, me and Elliot were taking on, and gradually, to be to be honest, it has been getting better and better each week. Uh, I, I'm sure the wins, the first wins, just around the corner. That was my analysis as well. You've had a couple of near misses um, recently. I think perhaps is it frustrating that perhaps you've been playing some of the sides around you that perhaps you would have you you know you would have thought that you would have taken three points off, but um, but you haven't been able to get over the line. OK, so the, um, the the Gillingham game that we played, we were absolutely horrendous. And to be fair, we, we, didn't, we deserve everything we got out of the game that we played against them. We were, it, was, it was a horror show to watch. Other than that, the last month, six weeks, the performances have not been bad and we've been a little bit of luck, a little bit of um, unfortunate officiating... Um, a little bit of, like, just a little bit unlucky at times. Um, we, we're we in a better place now than we've been for quite some time in terms of where the squad is. When when we started, like, we must have used over 30 on nearly 40 players, I would have thought, this season. Just to, And at the start of the season, we were getting players in to fulfil fixtures. Now, we've got a squad. And actually, the spirit that we now have within the current unit, actually, if we could only win a game, it would be brilliant. But... Um, you know, we're, we've got a good bunch of lads that really enjoy each other's company. We just need that elusive win now just to sort of cement that and then kick on. We are, we're sure that it's close. And, 
you know, when it and when it does happen, it's going to be it's going to be it's going to be good fun to be around. Because Gillingham is the blueprint, isn't it? Because you know they had a difficult start to this season, but after they picked up their first win, I mean, they they'd be playing like Manchester City. Well, no, look again. They 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 deservedly beat us, if I'm being honest. And even then, even then, despite even then, despite not having um, not playing very well on the day, even then, that was only a two-one and. You know, we 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 still had opportunities at, right at the end, and they were hanging on for their win. But I can't um, take anything away from them; they they deserved that on the day, like quite considerably. But, but other than that game, that was a bit of a blip. But you know, it's just a shame that the the blips have been against sides that you know we've fancied our chances with, and the sides the games we played well against uh, Briz, we lost one nil, and Wincanton that are a terrific side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we we've just been a little bit unfortunate, you know. So, you know, look, there's plenty to be positive about, despite the fact it's bloody November and we haven't won a game yet. <laughs> now, I mean, obviously, from the time you and I have been speaking on the Western League podcast, you know, I've you've been you were very successful at Odd Down, and you did a very good job at Hallen as well. Of course, both of those teams in the Premier Division. I mean, in your managerial career, Ray, have you ever been in this sort of position before? It feels like you're you're doing a bit of a Red Adair job, you know, firefighting. It's probably underselling it a little bit. Look, the the, the fellow that was in charge before had to resign on on health reasons, and and it, you know, the uh, but I've been up against it a bit, really, because actually some of the best players at the club are actually decided that they want to play in our reserve team this year. So really, we've um, you know it, it's a bit of a shame, really. So we've basically had to recruit a pretty much a whole brand new squad. So firefighting, yes, but again, like, I need a job when I went for the interview. So it's, um, it's not like I'm not like I was missold a job at all. We we knew. And, and the club knew what it was going to be, what, what the, the, the problems we were going to face. And, um, you know, they've been ridiculously supportive since, like, you know. So, you know, long may that continue and hopefully we can pay that back at some point. Because your relationship with Radstock predates um, this current appro- appointment, doesn't it? I mean, was that part of the reason why you wanted to take that job? Well, look, it, to be honest, we knew, I knew they, they were good people. They're terrific people, uh, Simon and Dave and, and, and others at the, at the club. So... You know, and it's a nice place. It's, it's a, it's a, it's like a decent atmosphere around the place. And you know, I'm, I'm desperate, and I'm desperate to turn it around for them as much as anything else. So, what are your ambitions for this season? Oh my God! Well, let's just win a game first, and then take it from there. <laughs> right, let's, let's not overthink that, because otherwise, I could get quite sad quite quickly. But on a serious note, the club have flirted with promotion, haven't they, in recent seasons? I mean. COVID put pay to one fantastic opportunity and of course they're in the playoffs last season so ultimately do you feel that Radstock Town is a football club that should be playing its football in the Premier Division? You, you are where you are because you deserve to be where you are I, like you say I, I can't worry about what happened before or, 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 and stuff like that we're just literally I, I, because of how the results have been I have to literally just worry about the next game and like not too much worry about the last game so it uh, it kind of is like that. So, you know, yes, it, it could, but you are where you are, where you, you, you're where you deserve to be, I suppose. That's kind of, the, you know, the way that football levels itself out. So, you know, we've got to, we've got to have a strong second half of the season. And, I, you know, and I'm, I'm encouraged by what I've seen over the last few weeks to, to think that we can do that. Uh, next season, of course, um, the Western League will be mer- merging with the South West Peninsula League. And I know from our many conversations, um, both on and off the microphone, um, the travel distance has been an issue that, you know, you have um, been quite outspoken of. 
uh, over the years, um, particularly obviously in the in, you know when you were managing in the Premier Division. So I guess that that news uh, is is that's news you welcome. Ultimately, it, it isn't you know the, dis- the distance is what it is. But what I couldn't understand is how we how we couldn't just have a system where the Southern League, the the Peninsula League, wasn't a feeder league for the Southern League. I, I, I couldn't understand the mentality. I couldn't understand the the reasons. Um, obviously, once you're in the Southern League, travelling is part of what you expect. But and you know the Western League, the Peninsula League, they've got their own leagues, and they're all of a similar standard as the Vaz competitions would prove. So you know there will be good sides and there'll be good sides and beatable sides in in our leagues as well as the Hellenic as well as the Peninsula. So there's no reason why they that shouldn't be a feeder league for the sudden for, for step four also. And I just it, it just baffled me because I couldn't get it. You know the travelling is what it is. You you sign for a team, you look at their fixture list, and you either take it on board and get on with it, or you wins like crazy. So you know the, I mean I think the only thing that you can help out with is just a little bit of common sense when it comes to the um, arranging of the fixtures and rearranging as the weather would usually play it but other than that it is what it is but what I couldn't understand is why you, you know the, re- the reason to do it based on the fact that you can't why, why not just promote straight into the suddenly so I've, it looks like common sense has now prevailed and, and, and fingers crossed that can continue. If we get back to the, the first division you've mentioned earlier in the interview that you've already come up against some of the, the best teams in the division Wincanton you've played Wales you've played Brislington which teams have impressed you the most who do you think is going to be fighting it out at the top of the table Briz's resources and, and their, their squad would say that they're going to be there at their abates I would say that the best side we played was Portishead um, and probably Wales they, they, they were um, they were probably amongst the side but we played them when we were with all due respect not in as good a place as what we, we could be now the, uh, the one team that's impressed me the most, if I'm being really honest, and I have, we haven't played them yet, is Nailsy. I think if, I think they're going to be there and thereabouts. They keep I've um, watched them on a couple of occasions, and I think they've got to be massive contenders just because the amount of goals they score. Now on Saturday, you entertain Longwell Green at Southfield's Recreation Ground. Ray, dare we dream? Uh, no, no, definitely <laughs> not. We um, we had a three 0 lead against them in the away leg and managed to fluff that. So. Um, and in fact, actually, if it wasn't for our keeper on the day, we it, we we would have conceded a fourth right at the end. It was pos- that was possibly the the best hour of football that we had played so far to that point, and then threw it, managed to throw it away. So that pretty much highlights where the confidence is in terms of you know. But again, I feel that we're improving every week. I feel that we're we're a handful for teams. Even if teams end up beating us, I think we've been a, we're a, more of a problem for now. I mean, killing them aside, you know, we we you know, Wincanton will probably say that we. Um, we were a tough match for them. Obviously, Almondsbury were delighted with a point, I think, on the judging by the balance of play on Saturday. It's just, we're, we're just in that position now. I think if we can get one and just capitalise on the good feeling around them, bizarrely, we're bottom, like you say, we've not won a game, but the, the atmosphere in the clubhouse is outstanding. If we could just only win a game, it would be even better. And I feel it's close, and I'm not, I, I don't feel downhearted at all. I'm not going to lie, I did after the Gillingham game a couple of weeks ago, but. Um, in terms of where we are now, um, and like even up to, even a few weeks up up until that point, we're not we're not in a bad spot. I'd say we just need to get over the line. Dare to dream, you know. Absolutely, you you know we could go into any game. The way that a manager's head works is that you could have five unavailabilities. You could have the top of the league who've got everyone available, and by by the time you get to the ground, you've conv- convinced yourself you've got a, a game plan and 
and a, and a squad that's going to be capable on on a right on a on a favourable day that you're going to get something out of the game. That's just the way that a manager's head works. Now, you know, it, it's an opportunity to win three points, but like you know, but, but I'm no doubt that they'll be saying exactly the same thing to their team. So. And my thanks to Ray for his time. And one last final game in the first division, Warminster Town against Oldland Abertonians. Now, earlier this season, this game would have only gone one way. Oldland were conquering all before them. Oldland were, of course, the table-topping side, but they have slid down the first division a little bit. Warminster, of course, have been working their way up from the bottom. And that's how this game proved, didn't it, Tom? Because to the home team, the spoils. Yeah, absolutely. This was uh, yeah one of the one of many three-one victories on the weekend, and it? it did go to the home side, Warminster, uh, toppling Oldland. Uh, yeah, good, another good result for for Town, isn't it? Uh, Corey Gardner giving them a dream start, uh, putting them ahead after just three minutes. So uh, yeah, really flying out the blocks, Warminster in this one. Uh, it was then a, a bullet header from Dave Patterson, uh, leveling affairs midway through the first half, uh, before an own goal. Uh, unfortunately for Oldland, put them back on. Back on the the, the, the the losing end, and uh, yeah, Warminster to to be fair to them pushed on after the after the interval, and uh, yeah, added a third, and it was Max Wyatt uh, adding the finishing touches there, and uh, yeah, Warminster. I don't think we'll touch on their league position, but they're now up in tenth. So uh, yeah, real real good stuff from them turning it around after a, a bit of a, a bit of a tough run. So it's a yeah strong strong performance again from Warminster and a free one win over Oldland. Now let's look at the fixtures coming up on Saturday the twelfth of November. Uh, we've got a lot of FA Vars action. Uh, I say a lot, not probably as much as we would have liked. <laughs> but um, I'll quickly run you through that. Buckland Athletic are at home to Columpton Rangers. Clevedon Town entertain Mangotsfield United. Bridgewater United uh, visit Elberton Villa. Falmouth Town, they travel to Laverstock and Ford. Mousel, they're at home to Hartbury College. And Wellington, finally, uh, they entertain Royal Wooten Bassett Town. So good luck to all of our sides in FA Vars action on Saturday, the 12th of November. Looking into the Premier Division, Tom, mm. uh, which tie tickles your fancy? Yeah, obviously a couple couple less than usual with those with those cup ties, but I've gone for, for Barnes to pull four point, I think. There's, yeah, two teams that maybe haven't had uh, too much of uh, a mention this season uh, in, the, in this sort of... Uh, area of the pod, but I think Tour Point, yeah, obviously a good, good come from behind win. Well, really good come from behind win on, on Saturday. I want to see if they can, they can possibly back that one up away at uh, top half opposition in Barnstable. So yeah, let's uh, let's let's see how that one goes between a uh, Cornish and a uh, Devon side. One tie that I'm sure will tickle the fancy is Millbrook against Ilfracombe Town. That's a two o'clock kickoff. Listeners, you really need to pay attention at the moment to sp- social media in particular. Obviously, all the other channels. Um, that you that you normally use to access fixture information because we are seeing fixtures being brought forward by an hour. The game I went to on Saturday, Wellington against Canesham, that was a two o'clock kickoff. And um, we will be seeing more of that, I'm sure, over the winter months, entirely due, of course, to the cost of living crisis and the fact that clubs can save a little bit of money um, by uh, by keeping those floodlights off, if they can. Um, Millbrook against Ilvercombe, I'm sure, will be a very good game. But the game that's caught my eye is Street against Canesham Town. Canesham have impressed in recent weeks, uh, They they although they certainly weren't at it when I saw them 
at Wellington. I think there'll be a reaction there. I think that game against Stroop will be one that they think they can get something from. I'm absolutely convinced that Street will fancy that Kensham are there for the taking. I think that will be a really competitive game. So that's where my attention is on uh, on Saturday. And if we look down into the first division, Tom, which game have you gone for there? Gone for Bishop Sutton Gillingham. I can't can't keep my eyes off Gillingham at the moment. Obviously, five wins on the spin. Uh, yeah, pretty um, pretty pretty daunting task. Bishop Sutton have had a couple of tough tough outings recently, but yeah, they're pretty decent at Lakeview, I'd say, on on the whole. So uh, yeah, well, let's see if Gillingham can can maintain their winning run. Um, if I kept my focus on Radstock and their first win of the season, I'd be looking at their game against Longwell Green Sports. I don't want to jinx them. Uh, about that, so I'm not going to. I noticed that um, Portis Head are kicking off at two o'clock against Almondsbury, so that's something to keep in mind. The game that I'm going to be looking at is Odd Down against Oldland Abertonians. These are two very competitive sides. Oldland, of course, looking to come back from a a defeat at the weekend. I, I still think that there's a very... I thought this last season, actually. There's a very good side in there and of course we know how good odd down were because they won 6-0 as we heard on Saturday so um, yeah that's where my attention is going to be now then Tom we move to the league tables do you want to take us through the top of the pops in the Mm -hmm. premier division very kind of you to let me have the the top of the table as always I do appreciate it so we do have uh, a two-way tie atop the uh, the prem at the moment it's Bridgewater who uh, claim first position on goal difference. So they have played 18, they've won 14, they've drawn one, they've lost just once, and they are on 45 points with a goal difference of 41. Identical record, uh, Soltash in uh, second with uh, 31 goal difference. So just 10, 10 goals splitting them. But yeah, they've both got 45 points from their 18 matches with 14 victories. So those two are the, uh, yeah, the yeah they look to be the, uh, the, the, the two standout performers this year. But uh, yeah, plenty of time for... Uh, the chasing pack, who all have games in hand, must be said, on those two uh, just behind. But those are the, the top two at the moment. Sitting third currently is Mausel. 15 games played, they've got 30 points. So obviously averaging at, at two, uh, two a game, unlike the, the top two, are around about two and a half. So that's probably where the, uh, if you were to, to look at it that from that point of view at this at this stage. Uh, Shep de Mallet in fourth, also got uh, 15 games played and they've got 29 points. Uh, and then Buckland are on 28 from 17. So uh, that's the top five in the Prem as it stands. And at the foot of the table, Canesham in 19th. They've played 17. They've got nine points. Three points above them are Tor Point, who've played only 15 games. The team above them, Wellington, have only played 14 games. They're both locked on 12 points. And then you've got three teams all on four points. Falmouth, Sherborne and Cabri Heath all on 14 uh, points there at the foot of the Premier Division table. Uh, we'll move on now to the First Division, the race for the First Division title. And, um, well, well, City, Tom, are making a very good fist of it. They are, they are indeed. Uh, 20 games played, 17 wins. So, uh, And I think they were similar to, to Gillingham, not quite the 12-game winless run to start the season, but a couple of games uh, until uh, they've suddenly gone on a, a, a ridiculous streak, which now sees them sit top. Twenty games played, as I say, fifty-two points uh, with seven as seventeen wins, as I say. Uh, so they are very much uh, leading the way. We've got Nails in Tickenham, who also crashed through the fifty-point barrier on the weekend. They're on fifty points, better goal difference, it must be said, on forty-eight. 
uh, and they've played 21 and won 16 of those. So those are the uh, yeah two two top sides at the moment. Brislington doing very well in third. 19 games played, uh, they've won 14 of those, and they're on 44 points. Uh, and then you've got Oldland, who obviously slipped up at the weekend, but they've got 38 points from 18 games. So uh, yeah, those are the those are the top four as things stand in the in the first division. And at the foot of the table, Radstock Town, they've played 19 games. They've got eight points uh, yet to register that first win. They've only lost 11 games. I say only. Cheddar in 19th have lost 13. Bristol Telephones in 20th have lost 12, as have Almondsbury. So um, there are teams out there that have lost more than Radstock, but it's those draws that they can't turn into wins that have kept them stuck to the bottom of the first division table. So Radstock in 22nd, Bishops Lydiard in 21st, Bristol Telephones, they're in 20th on 13 points, and then a three-point gap to Cheddar in 19th on 16 points, and above them, uh, Almondsbury and Titherington Rocks, 18th and 17th respectively. Both of them have got 17 points. So that is the foot of the first division table. Plenty of time, plenty of opportunity for things to change. Now, We've brought you all of the facts and figures again from Tom Hiscott's excellent bulletin. Tom, where can the listeners find that? Uh, that is on the uh, Toolstation League uh, official website. If you go, yeah, well, go on the homepage. It's about halfway down. If you if you scroll down a little bit, uh, it takes you to uh, to the bulletin. There's a little little tab for you to, to click on uh, where you get the latest edition. So yeah, that comes out every week. Excellent stuff, Tom. And I look forward to catching up with you on next week's Toolstation. Western League Podcast.